After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Deuce and Mo podcast, recording this on a Saturday night. The Sacramento Kings starting to look more and more like the team of last year. Of course, it had to go down the wire. The Kings led big in this game. In fact, led by as many as 23 points. The Mavs made it very interesting down the stretch, but the Kings hold on in Dallas beating the Mavs 120 to 115. They've won three in a row. They're now 26 and 18 as their road trip continues coming up on Monday against the Grizzlies. Each and every one of our podcasts presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Check out TrustNorthwest.com. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I knew you were going to ask that question. I'm I am fantastic on this Saturday night. I feel great. I I feel like, I think how the Kings felt through three quarters tonight. <laughs> Loose, fun, just like, I love what I do. I love my life. Free-flowing. So don't bring me back to that fourth quarter. We have to talk about all of the quarters <laughs> in this one, though. Uh. Yeah, Sacramento Kings, get it going now. They have now won three in a row. We kind of watches in an interesting way tonight. So our day started, we had a Stockton Kings game, a G League game in Stockton. That was a 5 p.m. tip. Kings tipped off at 6.10. Mm-hmm. Stockton ended at 7. Got back, it's right before 8. We watched the fourth quarter, and then after we went back to go watch quarters 1 through 3. And of course, the fourth quarter was beyond interesting because, yes. oh, the Kings are rolling. This one's going to be easy. Uh, they're up 15 with like 4 to go. Okay. And the Mavs kept chip, chip, chipping away. But the Kings were able to make sure they got the win tonight. It got very interesting. And that's been kind of a theme this year with this group. We've seen them, especially recently uh, with that game against Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, what happened against the Bucs. And then this game tonight. The good news is the Kings were able to get it done. Uh, Where do you want to start with this game? Um, I think, what about the good? Do you want to start with the good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Because there was so much good in this game. Here's the biggest thing that jumped out to me tonight. I loved how the Kings approached Luka tonight. Luka had loved. 73 points last night against the Atlanta Hawks. 73 points. Absurd, right? It's a lot. He's a problem. He's tough to guard. And even tonight, when you look at his final numbers, you go, well, the Kings did a good job on him. He had 28 points, 17 assists. 10 rebounds. 
but he was nine of 26. He was one of nine from three. And with the great ones, you have to just change how they normally play. Yep. Luca is such a skilled player. We know what he can do at pretty much all the levels, his strength, his vision. But I thought Sacramento did a great job trying to be physical with him without fouling. In addition to that, giving him different looks, throwing double teams. What did you think of the job that they did on Luca tonight? You know, trying to make the other guys be the guys tonight, that was because of the Sacramento Kings and their ability to be aggressive on Luka Doncic. And you and I watching um, some of that first half, especially, and we were watching the way, and we'll get more into this as an individual and his defense, but the way that Keegan Murray was playing defense on Luka, I love the way that he was navigating over screens, trying to stay with him rather than them going for that switch. And then when he was staying with him, he wasn't going to like bitch out and be like, I'm not going to touch him because the officials are going to call anything on him he said no I'm going to set the tone here and then I'm going to adjust to what the tone might be for the officials you never know the personnel can sometimes be we're going to call everything for this star player and other times they're going to let some things go and let you actually play basketball tonight I thought there was a little bit more of that so Keegan took advantage of that he had that one play where he had block block or at the end of being two possessions but the block block and is that what it sounded like block block Block, block. Um, yes, it did. And on top of that, I just thought Keegan's aggressive nature on Luka was fantastic defense. Like, there was no way you could have mistaken it for a foul. And I just thought, again, that's because he's taken a step with his defensive game. Luka played last night against the Hawks. We mentioned the 73 points. He also played 45 minutes in the game. So I thought it was important tonight for Sacramento to push the pace, be physical with him, give him different looks to get him frustrated. They got him frustrated. Now you tip your cap to the fact that Luka on the second, I have a back-to-back, a shorthanded Mavs team that's still without Kyrie Irving. Yes. They also missed Dante Exum, who's been really good for them this year. And of course, Derek Jones Jr. But I'd say my cap because Luka, after playing 45 minutes last night, he played 46 minutes tonight in the yeah. second night of back-to-back. Over 46 minutes tonight. But I loved how the Kings played against him. And I, I want to focus more time on Keegan because we have spent a lot of time this year talking about his defense. And last game, we talked about how the game against the Warriors shifted when Mike Brown said, Keegan, you got to go take Steph. The guy's got 18 in the first quarter. The game changed. So just hear us out for a second, what we are just talking about. Keegan Murray did a great job on Steph Curry. The next time he took the floor, he did a great job defending Luka. Mm. This, mm-hmm. this kid's special. I, and we, we talk about him having all defensive team potential. Shit, he may be getting some votes this year with the mm-hmm. way things are going. Because this is not... I need to make this clear for people. Make it clear. This is not like, you know, I see some good defense. He, he might be a good defender. Mm-mm. No, he is one of the better defenders right now going. His versatility defensively, his length, his ability to stay in front of guys, use his chest. I've been beyond impressed. And what you said just a minute ago, his physicality tonight. Mm. And that's one area I think offensively I question with Keegan sometimes is sometimes, does he want though. the contact? Sometimes. I think he's getting better in that regard. Mm-hmm. He went after rebounds tonight, right? He was making sure to box out. I don't even know how many rebounds he had for. for, but I just felt like he, he was going after him, right? Um, he was bumping guys. He was being physical with Luca. 
This guy is a gem. I love Keegan Murray. And by the way, you talk about the effort defensively by Keegan. I felt like as a team, yes. they were all, the effort oh. was there. And it was so obvious. So that was great. So the tone was set by a leader and or one and or the coach and or whatever. And it bled into everybody. And I loved seeing that. But going back to what you're saying about Keegan and his ability to play defense at an elite level against some of the best players in the league at time, oh, this is exactly what I told you when we were just watching. I said, I said, look, Deuce, it might not get the love that it deserves that time because he doesn't have that name. And the Kings, they don't have that recognition yet. And they, they're going to have a much more difficult time because of the market they're in, sure. because of all these different, whatever. He's not, also, Keegan is not going to be uh, nightly on you know, sports center, top 10 or NBA.com's top highlights or whatever. It's just not what you're going to see. But truly, if you are an NBA fan, take note and go just to NBA.com and watch Keegan Murray's defensive plays. If you have synergy, go watch Keegan Murray's defensive plays, whatever it is for your way to go watch Keegan Murray in his defense. It's truly something else. And it's taken another leap. And yes, it helped this team as a whole defend Luca because then there was other times tonight. You said, how did this team stop Luca? Other times tonight, whether it was Keegan navigating the screen or the blitz being thrown at Luca, I mean, you even saw guys understanding that Luca is going to get that nice, sharp dagger pass across court. It he is, throws some amazing passes. It is, I mean, beautiful. Uh, there was that one he had in the fourth. I think it was the fourth quarter where the Kings' defense collapsed on him, and it looked like there was nowhere he could go, and he somehow fired a bullet behind his back. Oh my god! Out to the perimeter to for Grant three. Williams. Yeah, <laughs> like it was amazing. Who, who makes that pass that on the money? The guy's vision is out of this world. Yeah, and you talk about the team defense, and I thought that's what I was really impressed. I mean, the fourth quarter we'll, we'll get to, but the the Kings had one bad defensive quarter, and it could have cost them the game. It could have, and that was the fourth. But I thought as a team, they did a great job rotating because when you're throwing blitzes, that could be problematic, right? Because you have to rotate. Yes. The Kings were doing a good job running the Mavs off the three-point line. One guy who was killing them tonight, Grant Williams, got into a really good rhythm, knocking down from beyond the arc. He finished 7 of 10 from three. But I think the Kings' mindset was like, we're not going to let Luka be the guy that destroys us tonight. Yep. Because if he gets confident, he starts getting in the paint, and he gets to the free-throw line, this guy is a menace getting to the line and getting in once. He uses his strength and his ability to finish even through contact. It could suck the life out of your team, get That's you guys it. in foul trouble. The Mavs tonight is a team, 44 points in the paint. They were 22 of 41 in the paint. And I need to go check out the shot chart just to see what Luca did in the paint tonight. Uh, Luca in the paint, 7 of 13 um, with 14 points. And, you know, that that could be a problem if he's really clicking and being aggressive. But I thought the Kings did a good job containing him. And then Luca, some of the adjustments that they tried to make is like, all right, we're going to start hunting more switches. We're going to try to get Kevin Herter on him. That's an advantage for the Mavs, right? But I thought Herter did a great job, great job. dealing with it. The biggest disadvantage that Herter has, yeah. strength, size. Luca is thick. He's got a little girth on him. He's yeah. got a little bit of a wagon on him. And he'll oh go God. at you. Kevin used his length. There you go. And I, I thought he did not get embarrassed. Luca got him a couple of times. Luca's going to get a lot of guys. Herter did a nice job on him. and. 
he deserves some love. I even love the moment that Mike Brown used that challenge when it was Kevin Herter, yeah. uh, I believe Sabonis, and Keegan Murray. They ended up all defending him at one point when Luca was going into the paint. Again, great job. Everyone collapsing and making sure to try and take away his vision or disrupt him. It was Kevin Herter that swiped at the ball, got all ball. The officials called the foul. Mike Brown called the challenge, and it ended up being a successful challenge. And even in that moment, I love being able to see that replay and be like, Kevin, great work using your hands, yep. your active hands, understanding your length, like use what you do have to your advantage. And I think ever since he's starting to come out of that slump, he's understanding that a little bit more. Okay, my feet might not be the quickest laterally. I might not be the strongest guy out there, but what can I use? I have a high IQ on the defensive end, and I sure as hell have those long arms to get deflections and to swipe down at the basketball at the right time. And he did a lot of that tonight. Kevin Herter finished tonight with... Um... Let's see, two blocks, by the way. Oh. Two blocks tonight. Yes. The Kings, as a team, had 10 blocks, led by yeah. Keegan Murray, who had three of them. And if I'm not mistaken, I think all three were on Luca. <laughs> no yeah. Shit. Luca was getting irritated sure. with him. And that's when you know you're doing a good job, is when Luca starts to get a little irritated with you. And I'm glad that Keegan embraced that physicality and that challenge. That's why I get excited about this Kings team long term. Right. There's so much talk about, yeah, but they need a big swing to get to the next level. How are they going to become a championship team? Well, they're probably not going to be a championship team this year. I hate to break it to you. That's my opinion. But if they're going to take a step, it's going to be because Keegan Murray is doing what he's doing defensively now, but he does it every night. Mm -hmm. And then he's still able to score and give you 20 a game. And if that starts to happen, then you have a beyond special player. I think he's already showing that he has the attributes to be just that, not only from an all-defensive standpoint, I think the guy's got all-star upside. I'm super excited about Keegan Murray, and I thought he did a hell of a job tonight. What they needed to do on a second, I have a back-to-back. -back. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. It just felt like the way that they came out right from the start, they understood, okay, this team's on a second night of the back-to-back -back, where I thought the Mavs did a fantastic job, though, of they coming out with, yes, so much energy. They were competitive. They were in it. And, they were shorthanded, and on that second night of a back-to-back, -back, having to play Luka 46 minutes after having a 73-point night. So, um, yeah, it was a great job by the Kings to really step on the gas pedal and get that 20-point lead. And I know we'll get to the fourth when they started losing that lead, but truly, I felt like they had a lot of control throughout this game, and even when the Mavs did respond on the offensive end and find a way to break down their defense. The Kings did what we saw in the other, in the last win. And that was pushing the ball up quick, really pushing the pace and trying to execute an offense with everyone moving without the basketball running through their actions. Yeah. When the Kings are at their best defensively, what we saw tonight is they are being aggressive with the team's best player. They're playing physical. They're rotating well. Sabonis, I thought, had some great contests at the rim, just using his verticality. I even thought Harrison Barnes had some really oh, strong yes, defensive yes. moments. You know, you have to be able to match their physicality, and they did just that. Do you want to go to the fourth quarter before we get to some of the good offensively, or do you want to save the fourth quarter for the end? Let's save the fourth quarter. We already said okay. we're going okay. to. Okay. Like, well, okay, let's go back to Kevin Herter for a second. Sure. So I mentioned Keegan's defense. The other thing that Kevin Herter is doing right now, the guy's just playing good basketball, you know, and he is playing 
like when, when I watch him, I go, I want this guy on the team. You know, of course, I'm beyond open-minded about making moves to improve this team to sure. get to another level. But the way Kevin Herter's playing right now, I'm like, this is what you like about him. This mm-hmm. is what six, seven, he's shooting with confidence again. He's, what do you know? He's making some plays defensively. Yes. He's playmaking. His all-around game is coming around. It's not just when he's knocking down his three-point shots. Tonight, Kevin Herter at 18 points. He had five assists. He had four rebounds, seven of 11 shooting, four of eight from downtown. What's jumped out to you recently about Kevin Herter, who's got his confidence back again? I, I think because he's being more aggressive on the defensive end, and that's just basically with a different type of effort. You know, he finishing even this game with four rebounds. And I know he could even get more. But, uh, again, whenever we say that, too, it's hilarious. We go, could he get more rebounds? Well, if you look down the list of who rebounded how many um, Harrison Barnes, six, Domas Sabonis, 11, you're like, other guys on this team are getting rebounds as well. But my point with Kevin Herter, I think him and his aggressive nature on crashing the boards and on the defensive end have led to a different type of energy and confidence on the offensive end. It puts you in a different flow. It goes, hey, I worked my ass off on that end, so I deserve to find the way to get the ball back. It's just a different energy, Deuce, and you can feel it. You can see it in the body language, and... um. I just hope he doesn't go back to the play study. Yes, you, you can't go that low. You just can't. Because he was gone for, I don't know, 30 games. I mean, real, I'm not exaggerating I here. Know. It was like the Kings have played 44 games now. You'd be like, yeah, he was pretty blah in like 30 plus games. And now he's putting a string of games together where like yes. you're impacting things. Even when you're not scoring 15. Kevin Herter doesn't need to score 18 a game. Like, Keegan stepped up the scoring this year. Fox is playing out of his mind the last couple. He's, by the oh, way, we'll talk about that. Super Welcome back, De'Aaron. That. De'Aaron yes. Fox is back. I think he's back. Um, I think he's back. But I don't. I need you to impact the game in other ways. I'm not acting like this guy can lock down defensively. But for the for this team, it's like, no, can you just like use your length and, and use your high basketball IQ? Use your long arms to deflect passes can you and not get be some a steals? liability. Thank you. That's probably a much easier way to say instead of <laughs> listing everything. Yeah, that's it. Don't be a liability. And there are going to be some matchups in the league. You're going to see, like, he's going to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's this look like tonight if Kyrie's playing? Now, in all fairness, the Kings played the Mavericks earlier this year mm-hmm. with Kyrie Irving, and they beat him. Correct. And it was a relatively, like, got a done yep. game. I don't think Herter played in that game. Duarte actually played and was pretty significant. He had 14 points in that game, if I'm not mistaken. How do you remember that shit? Basketball mind. Ugh. Remember that. No. Remember that. Nope. Um, yeah, so I'm just glad Kevin Herter's playing this way. I thought the Kings tonight, they got down quick. It was 8-0. And you're like, what if, don't get blown out. This team just played last night in Atlanta. Their best guy had 73 points and took 800 shots. And <laughs> he should be tired. They're shorthanded. Uh, but the Kings responded well. And I think it's because De'Aaron Fox that set the tone. Oh, yes. De'Aaron Fox, back-to-back, really strong games. And I, I think the last couple of games, it's the mid-range is mm. starting to open up mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm. But what I loved he did tonight, push, push, push. Make or miss. Push, push, push. Make or miss. Push, push, push. push. Make or miss. Push, push. 
push, 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 make a miss. That's a awful you. and annoying, weird song. No, they. I think that's going to be chanted at games. <laughs> feel like what are these? Uh, you're watching a team. What are they saying? Push, and no, push, no one's push, saying it at this. Push, push. It's just like not okay. 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 Anyway, that's an example of improv not being good. And you know, you just try some things out. What guys? I know it's just us hanging out on a Saturday night. Pretend it didn't happen. Hey, embrace <laughs> that while we can. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, dear and Fox, you're exactly right. He pushed the pace, and him pushing the ball up the floor was absolutely fantastic. And that is what he's been doing the last two games, and it's how he plays some of his best basketball. I am not act. I can't sit here and act like, oh, that's just what he's got to do every game because there's no way it's that's, hard. that's sustainable with the amount of minutes, 37 minutes tonight, with the amount of minutes he's playing every single night through 82 games and, or I mean, obviously uh, injuries in the beginning of the season, but you just don't know if those linger or whatever's going to happen throughout the season. But my point is, I go, it's not sustainable, but at the same time, that is when the best best basketball is being played by De'Aaron Fox. And tonight he showed it again, being able to just push it on these guys. Man, uh, the the one play, Stephen Smith just mentioned it. Fox's big dunk was the I'm back statement. He threw that shit down with authority. Yeah, the quick burst, you mean when he crossed right, brought it back left and dunked it in transition. It was a quick outlet. And he said, I'm turning on the Jets. I'm pushing. It was emphatic. And Fox was on it tonight. I mean... De'Aaron was like, all right, I'm going to hunt some mismatches sometimes too. I mean, I think it was in the third quarter. I mean, he did it multiple times tonight. And he played physical. Jane Hardy was trying to check him. Jane Hardy might as well have been like literally punching De'Aaron, I think, in his kidney. Like he was being really physical with him. Probably could have called a foul, but De'Aaron wasn't complaining. He wasn't like, oh, oh, oh. No, he went, I'm just going to be more physical with you. I got that turnaround jumper in your face. He looked at A.J. Lawson and said, bring A.J. Lawson. I, I, here, clear out. I got this. And what do you do? He went and got buckets on him. The guy's confidence looks like it's back up. There's so much concern about how he was playing, and mm. I think sometimes we all are guilty of it. You know, I think we talked about – how long did we talk about him on the podcast? And I'm not going to act like two games wipes away everything, but I think it's actually three. I even think that that Atlanta game, he actually had some better moments even though he Fourth struggled. Quarter. Yeah. I, I just think sometimes we – overanalyze because we talk about each and every game and it's like wait he's struggling what's is everything okay you know what maybe he's just pissed off because you struggle a lot and it's just annoying him and thank what you if, deuce i'm thank just you glad for saying that no because thank guys you. are going to struggle guys are just going to struggle throughout the year and i hope thank he, you now the, the biggest thing with him and the the challenge for him if he wants to get to next level he's he's taken steps this year right the three-point shooting is absurd 39 percent <laughs> um but if he wants to go to that next level, it's we always talk about it. What's the difference between good and great in this league and great and elite? What Doing it? it every single night. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. But that's what makes you great. And and here's the other thing, too. Is it if you were going to have a slump, it would be a bad game. Right. It's not... A bad month. It's not, hey, man, there's 10 games in. You but know? we do say that, and you look at someone like Steph Curry, who also had a bad sure. start of 2024. He, he did, but it's also, well, Steph Curry's 35, whatever years old. Okay? Facts. Okay. But my whole point, though, is De'Aaron just looks comfortable again. And I, 
I still think he's banged up. I still think he's nicked up. I think he's finding ways to like adjust his game a little bit. And I love seeing him attack the mid range. He's doing more of that. He did more of that tonight. In fact, I think 19 of his 34 points came in the paint tonight. Mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, He was 13 mm. of 24 shooting. I loved him pushing the pace. I loved him attacking the Mavs defenders. There was not a guy he was uncomfortable with. And he brought on the challenge. I absolutely loved what I saw from De'Aaron Fox. It's been good to see him return. Also, the free throw stuff. Someone hit us up in the YouTube comments the other day. I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Damn, dude. Damn it. This is gonna. But the person said, I, I think Fox changes free throw routine. And I went back and watched. He does look like he's taking more time at the line. He's he's taken the th- he's taken three bounces. One, two, three. Then shooting. Yep. Yeah. Just a little more time. Sometimes he gets up there and it's just like gets catches shoots it. It's like no. If no. anything, that's your time to yeah. like take a second. Well, like, and and look at what he's done the last couple of games. Tonight, what was he? Seven of eight at the free throw line. He missed one. Okay. The game before I'll that against the Golden State Warriors, he didn't miss a free throw, if I'm not mistaken. So let's see here. Yeah, he was seven of Double eight checking. tonight. He was eight of eight against the Golden State Warriors, two mm. of three against the Hawks. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. that's better. And like I'm glad he's like tweaking stuff. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Like, just slow down. That's, you know, it's, that's not like a crazy change to your free throw routine either. It's, Hey, take your time. That's all it is. And sometimes again, we talk about how it's not sustainable for him to make, I mean, unless he's like superhuman to play at the speed that he plays at for an 82 game season for 37 plus minutes a night, whatever it's going to be. So when you do get those moments where you get to take a second, take advantage of it. And as he keeps growing and maturing in this league and becoming a veteran, he'll do those little things. You know, those little things will keep happening that he will take advantage of to make sure that he can have the best game every single night for himself. I mean, his defense alone even in this game, yes. the oh. way that he plays up on guys, his perimeter pressure, go back two years ago compared to now. And he was just as fast and two years younger, but it's a mental shift yep. on where he was and where he wanted to possibly be. And he took that leap and that is where he's at. And that's why when he does go through these slumps, like you're saying, make sure to adjust, change your free throw. Make sure you're taking your time. Three point shots. Okay, one of five tonight. Make sure that you are sticking to what you do at a level that no one else can do. Well, especially when you see certain things like tonight, you're going, I look at what the Mavs are throwing my way and I'm not intimidated. Like Seth Curry, if he's on me, can't guard me. AJ Lawson, can't guard me. You guys start Jay and Ivy tonight, can't guard me. I'm not wor- I'm not worried about mm-hmm. some of these guys you're going to throw at me. And and by the way, there's so many times in this game where even like toward the end of the game, which I know we'll get to the fourth quarter, when there's guys like Grant Williams or whoever else it was yeah. that are just grabbing on him, Kleba, pushing him out of bounds, yeah, well, and they ain't calling shit for him. And then I see people crying online for some of these other stars. Like, he only shot one free throw tonight. He's not getting the whistle. And I'm just like, De'Aaron's not even complaining well, about it. that's one area I want to give the Kings credit again tonight. I thought they did a good job not bitching. Yeah. And just playing. Agreed. Because I thought Sabonis, I mean, he gets beat up down there, it seems like, every game. 
and he can get thrown off sometimes with that, and I'm glad he just played through it tonight. Fox, the same thing. It doesn't mean you can't say anything to the official, but it's when you, like, stop, you look. Keep, you just got to keep playing engaged. Yep. And I think that it's just, the team just feels more locked in right now. Agreed. Agreed. So, De'Aaron, 34 points for him. Well done. Sabonis tonight, 17 points. He had 11 rebounds. He had four assists on 7 of 10 shooting, made another three tonight, 2 of 2 at the free throw line. He did have six turnovers uh, a few of those were illegal screens, including one that I, I watched like four times that I'm like, I, it was late. And I'm like, I've never seen that play in my life. It looked like Sabonis may have like slightly extended his arm on he Luca. Touched Luca. He touched Luca. It's a and they, physical effing game. And it, they called a foul. It was, the, the fishing tonight was really interesting because it felt like they let them play a lot, but then they called some really soft shit where I'm like, Okay, where's the consistency? And I think yep. that's probably the biggest complaint from players and coaches and even fans is like, look, if you're going to call it, just call it all the time. Like, blow the whistle or don't. Like, don't call ticky-tack shit and then allow guys to get beat up. You know, and I even thought there were some plays tonight where the Kings were really physical with Luka and got away with it. I'm I like, wow, okay, agree. they're letting them play a little bit. But then there would be that slight contact where they blow the whistle. And I'm like, I don't get that. No makeup call bullshit. Yeah. Just make sure that you're calling the right call. Yep. To, and again, it doesn't mean that it's just easy to do, to do it in the moment. And like, you're watching it live and you're trying to make the right decision. But at the same time, you're exactly right. Like, set the tone or the identity of how you're going to call the game. So then these players can kind of catch on and go, okay, this is what type of, physical tone I'm going to set tonight. Let's play a game, Morgan. Oh, what's How this? many points, total points, does Harrison Barnes have in the last three games? Can Didn't I see how many he has tonight? Go ahead. Okay, um, is it like 80-something? 80 82? Let's go higher, Morgan. 3, 6, 7, 8, 91? <sighs> Did you see it? No. 91 points. In the hey! last three games, Harrison Barnes tonight, after a career-high 39 points against his former team, played another former team tonight, the Dallas Mavericks. He had 20 points, six rebounds, three assists. He did on six of 11 shooting, four or seven from three, four or five from the free throw line. What is happening? It's, what is happening? It's, well, I know what it is. It's rivalry week for mm. Harrison Barnes. So mm. him playing all of his former teams, yeah, yeah. he's making sure to uh, really make an impact for the Kings. I don't know what's happening, but my God, his shot looks smooth. He looks smooth out there. His defense, the effort defensively and going for rebounds that are just flying well, over his head, but still trying to get it. I'm that like, was the one tonight where the effort at going after the ball, I'm like, what, what happened? Mm. Because I'm seeing a fight to go after the boards mm -hmm. a little bit where I'm like, okay, that's popping. And that, that's where, you know, when Kings fans and I, my guy, Kenny Caraway talks about all the time. He cracks me up and he goes, man, 40, where's 40. Calling his Is number. That what he, says? he calls him 40. This is when Kenny's mad at Harrison Barnes. He calls him 40 all yes. the time. It cracks yes, me up. Yes, Kenny. He's like, I'm not going to call him his name. I'm calling him 40. And it, it's true. It's like when you look at it and you go, you got one rebound, you got three rebounds. And it's like, all right, it, we got to see the fight at least. You know, yes. you got to go after and go get those boards. And um, he's been great. I mean, like, you, the 20 points mm. is awesome. The mm. 39 that I am for. Yeah, we, we can acknowledge the, the sure. 91 total points. Sure. But it's just, it's the feel of it. I, again, it's the same thing I say with Herter. 
I don't need Kevin Herter scoring 18 a night. I don't need HB scoring 20 a night. That's fine if he doesn't, but can you find other ways to impact the game? Not every matchup is going to be great for him, but I, you know, he's he's been really impactful lately for the Sacramento Kings. So one steal, one block. You already mentioned it. The six rebounds. Exactly. Doing all the other things and all those things within that in your stat line leads to the effort that was out there by that individual and the effort that has been out there. It's like, there's been this little shift with him since a lot of that trade talk was going on and everything. It felt like, Oh, what are we going to get? What's going to happen? I just feel like he's really stepping up to the challenge of what's going on. And it's like, screw it. I'm a vet. I'm a pro. This is, this is going to be the way that I focus on things going forward. And I just love what he's been contributing to this team. Yeah. It just seems, uh, like more engagement right now. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. I guess my big takeaway from tonight before we get to the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like this team is starting to look like for the really this, this stretch of games here. And I, I'm even going back to Milwaukee and even going back to the Phoenix games. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. I, there's more of kind of like that, that Kings offense you saw last year. The swagger. Yeah. And they didn't hit 23s tonight. Like they were 11 of 30. But they played with pace. They got the early offense going. The movement was there. They played with physicality. They were sharing the ball. They had 27 assists on 43 makes. Like, it just, it, it feels like it's starting to pop a little bit uh-huh. again. It, it feels like these guys are starting to have fun a little bit Free. again. And it, it, it hasn't really felt like that this year. And so, for it to finally start to feel like that, and the Kings are still 26 and 18, you're like, all right, that that's to me a positive sign. Here's what I'll say: even in those deflating losses, like you're saying, yeah, uh, awful deflating from I'm sure within, all the way to all of us consuming this game and watching all these hours with this team, but it and it did take away from the great basketball that they played. But what I like is that now that we're a couple games away from that and there's some wins along the way we can reflect back on those losses a little bit more and be like but man that style that good basketball that was being played was there and it keeps coming forward they didn't lose that and get deflated and then just keep losing you're seeing this win streak you're seeing them bring that basketball um into this road trip and i just i just hope now as we lead into the fourth quarter I hope that they can find a way to continue that same style of basketball when they're up by 20 effing points going into a fourth effing quarter. They're up 19 going into the fourth quarter Come tonight. On. They led by as, 20, as many as 23. How did it slip away for the Kings to become a game? We'll talk about it in just a second, but we should mention that tonight's night chat presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Morgan, my windows suck, man. Go get a quote from Northwest Exteriors, idiot. Well, why? why? What what makes them so special? Well, they're local. They're Kings fans, and they know everything. And also... Everything about, like, everything. Everything about about life. life. The Kings? Or more specifically about windows and siding? Every single one of those topics. You can ask them anything about your future in life. Well, here's the thing. I think... For me, I need something that's energy efficient that's going to save me money. Mm-hmm. Like, I need some really strong windows. Do, do they even have those? Like, I they're probably got the subcontract to someplace no, in Southern California. Dudes, you're so dumb. Yeah? It's all in house, and you can get a free quote today. 
Okay, well, where, where do I go? Well, you go to northwestexteriors.com. You know what? I feel like I've heard of them because uh, people say they, um, what are they? They're uh, simply the best. Trust Northwest. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, Morgan Reagan, let's talk about this fourth quarter because the Kings led by 19 going into the fourth quarter. What was going to go down in the fourth? Could the Kings pull away? Well, they led 101 to 78. At the 10.08 mark. All right, all right. And you know what I was doing. I was thinking back to the game against Phoenix where they led by 22, around eight minutes to go in that game. And I went, wow, it's 8.24 to go, Morgan. I'm sorry, at the 9.07 mark, they led by 22. It got down to 20 around the eight-minute mark. And I'm going, oh, no, no. And it slowly kept going away you know things got weird when there was a delay of game penalty called on seth curry that was a little suspect but it resulted in a technical free throw for harrison barnes who stepped to the line and airballed it you're going oh no 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 that it scared me it scared me and i want to go back to see when that airball was missed free throw that was 320 but there's still 325 to go it was 113 to 102. You're still up. There's 320, something to go. And you've got the ball. Um, so after that, Fox gets fouled. He makes one of two. So then we're getting in the missed free throw. You're leading by 12. Okay, it's fine. It kept getting worse. It was 116-108 with 41 seconds to go. You extend the lead back to 10. Okay, okay. Luca, are you kidding me? Gets fouled on a three-point attempt that, to me, oh, was yeah. a little sketch. Made it 118 to 110 with 26, 26 seconds to go. Then the Kings had an eight-second violation where I do believe, seeing, I, seeing it back, De'Aaron Fox got fouled six times. They did not call any Seven. of them. Eight-second violation. Luka hits a three. It's a five-point game. You kidding me? Um. Then Monk gets fouled Mm -hmm. by Grant Williams. He goes to line with 10.9 to go. Misses two. Both have the same in and out. (laughs) In and out. Then Kleba hits a layup. It's a three-point game with 7.2 to go. And then luckily Harrison Barnes knocks down two free throws. Ends up being 120 to 115. That's the play-by-play. But how did everything go wrong? How did they chip away? Well, one, they... Teams make runs, but I think this team struggles to put teams away. The biggest thing that jumps out to me, Mm -hmm. and I'm curious to get your thoughts, they go away from what they do best offensively. And I think this team clock watches. Ooh. 
They, they look at the clock. Yep. And when they start looking at the clock, they start playing slow. And they start doing things that are uncharacteristic. For example, I have no problem with Sabonis bringing up the ball off misses when he gets a rebound and nope. pushes. I think the Kings have done a better job recently allowing other guys to do it too, but Sabonis puts pressure on the defense. But, like, they were just passing the ball into Sabonis off a make and then getting into their shit slow. And then they were just hunting mismatches galore. And I'm like, where is this free-flowing offense? I don't know if this is a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a player on the court thing. Whatever it is, it has to get figured out because they don't play their style of offense. And because of that, it impacts them on the other end. A coach can tell them, and oh, by the way, yes. Yeah, do you agree with you what I'm saying? You nailed it on the head. Okay. Yes, 100%. And a coach can tell a team in a huddle, like, you guys got to keep playing the same game that you're playing to start this game. And as a player, you can be in that huddle and be like, yeah, we got to do that. We got to do that. And then you go back out there and you still play a different style. You're at the end of the game. You're a little bit more tired. You still have the lead. It's not that you're playing scared. It's not that you're playing with less confidence. You're just not playing with the same mentality yep. that you were playing all throughout the game. And that mentality is like, pedal to the metal, let's effing go. Let's get these people, um, push it to them, whatever it needs to be. I think sometimes too, maybe it is actually a little bit of fear. The fear of failure, the fear of effing up a play and missing a shot. And then, oh my gosh, we didn't waste enough time on a shot clock on a possession. And now it's going back the other way. So now we have to play defense and get a stop. Yep. But it's like, if you are confident enough in what you can do with your execution of your offense when you're playing at that level that you're playing at the entire game, then do that. Screw up. Don't, don't be fearful of fail, fail, but then clean it up on the defensive end. Like play your way. And this, this is the other problem. Sacramento in that fourth quarter, they were outscored 40 to 26 in the fourth quarter. They had five turnovers. Those five turnovers turned into nine Dallas points. So those were the, that was a bad, that was obviously bad when you turn the ball over, but it's also bad when you're getting into late shot clock shit, right? Because to your point, Morgan, mm. I just don't think this Kings team is a slow it down, let me like kind of milk the clock, offense. half the court. Now, they they are can be elite in the half court, but they're elite in the half court when they're getting in the stuff early and That's executing it. that way. They're not an elite late shot clock team. Now, every once in a while, I, I you know, I could see at the end of the game, like, hey, we're going to get, like, against the Warriors. We're going to, HB's going right now. We're going to clear out, get him the ball, go Fine. get a bucket. And I think they actually did that once tonight. Um, or Fox. But I, I, I feel like sometimes what happens is they're getting to the stuff too late, and then they become a little too frantic, and they're searching, where's the mismatch? Oh, where's the mismatch? Sabonis oh, has Grant Williams okay, on him. Sabonis. Oh, wait, no, it's too late. And they're not, they're thinking. They're yes, thinking. Yes. And this offense requires you to think quickly, make quick decisions. Point five, the Kings in the half court just aren't there yet. And what that leads to is bad offense. You're missing shots. This team's getting out and pushing a little bit when Luca's doing that. You're getting cross matches galore where maybe there's some mismatches that Luca's getting that you don't really want to give him. Yep. Then you have different guys going over to blitz him, requiring others to rotate differently than maybe they've been used to tonight. Everything's just out of whack. And then you add in the turnovers. 
all of a sudden a 23-point lead gets whittled down. Deuce, I think they're that much closer to being that good of a team, you guys. That's what I'm saying. Like, like they, you, they if you keep, clean this shit up. They keep getting yep. these 20-point leads that they're getting against these other teams, whether it's a second night of a back-to-back yeah. for a team or they're shorthanded because of health or whatever. Who gives a shit the reason? If they are getting these 20-point leads and keeping it pretty consistent throughout a game from 10 to 20, whatever it may be, that's a good team. Now, what makes a great team in this league or a team that can take a leap in a postseason like this team wants to do is being able to maintain that lead and finish off a game the right way. And De'Aaron had talked about it before. I think it was before going into the Hawks game when he was in the locker room with Sean Cunningham. And he said something like, we have to find a way to to be better at the end of games and finish off these games. And that's exactly what it is. And it's not just a cliche like, oh, we got to figure it out. It's no, truly, they got to figure out a way to play that same free flowing, joyful type of basketball that they keep playing in these games in that fourth quarter when they have that lead. The Warriors, remember, made a little bit of a push last game, too, to make yeah. it interesting. And, and the Kings were, you know, fortunately able to get some nice defensive stops with Barnes on Kaminga. And then, of course, that final play with Herter and Fox playing oh. some nice defense on Steph. Yes. And also, I went back and watching that play again. You know who was on him? to start Keegan on, wait on who Curry to start that final possession the other really? night Keegan was on him they ran action to get Keegan off of him that's how did they get Keegan off on. of him if if Draymond came over with that screen and slipped and then I, I can show you the replay if you want we're gonna go yeah, back I mean, and watch the yeah, tape right I, yeah, now I'm just telling you he was on him but they were able to get him switched off and that's again credit to hey, how good of a defender Keegan is you. at this point is these teams are like get this guy off of me I got I I need to get a different matchup. But anyway, yeah, just they have to close games better. And I, I think there are too many times with when these leads get big, like to the 20 point margin or wherever that is, where the, it's like the four minute mark, and they're like, ah, okay, we can get it. And I think I understand the mindset because I understand the mindset of this game's close to being done. You're right. If you execute your shit and you hit a three. All of a sudden, you're up 23 or 25 with like two and a half to go. Maybe kid calls the timeout. And it's like, look, man, Luca, get on out. But you have to just run it the right way. That's and it. I don't That's think it. this team is at the point where they're good enough to execute in the half court where they're eyeing the clock, unless it's a very late game situation. With four minutes to go, with five minutes to go, even three and a half, I still want you running your shit because at the very least, Get to the free throw line. But you know, what like get- team what team really is good enough to do and the only reason why I say that is But there's the, some teams that are just good at are, ISO. There right? are right and they there, can they can play that style. There are, but I guess my point is if if you are a team that has a style that help you win yeah. a game, keep with that style. Like if that is your style. Keep with that style throughout the game, even if that means your best player in De'Aaron Fox has to keep pushing it down and get a midi and get a midi and get a midi in his 37 whatever minutes, like, then do it. Play that same type of game, collapse the defense, and then even keep trying to look for an open three, but it just felt like they were struggling so much at the end of this game going from this beautiful basketball to what it was. And yeah, I think they know this, and this experience in this last however many games that this has happened, 
I think has helped them, even in a situation like the last two nights, yep. find a way to pull out the win. Face adversity and make things anxiety-induced for everybody, yeah. but pull out the win. In the chat, I saw, I think it was KO mentioning, they, they kept leaving Grant Williams open for three. They did. You know, Grant Williams came into this game shooting 36% from beyond the arc. You know, there's been a lot of Mavs fans disappointed with him this year. He got off to a kind of a nice start early, but really hasn't given them a ton this year. Very inconsistent. And he had a huge outing tonight. Grant Williams had 27 points. He had eight rebounds. He did on nine of 16 shooting, seven of 10 from three. But I think this is, again, by design. Like, they were not going to let... Luca, go out there and just get whatever he wanted. He is more than capable of getting 40-plus on you with ease. They were like, we're going to let other guys beat us, and what we're going to do is we're going to try to key on him, defend without fouling, and then we're going to try our best to not get carved up too much. We're going to make them make the extra pass. And I did think Sacramento, when they were locked in, and they weren't locked in the entire game. There were definitely some breakdowns where I think they get lackadaisical sometimes. But... I felt like when they were, they were running guys off the three-point line, forcing Dallas to put the ball on the floor and make some quick decisions. And Grant Williams did make him pay a couple of times. And then someone like Luca is just... What makes him insanely special Jeez. is the fact that you can throw all this shit at him, right? And we go, yeah, he didn't have a great game today. The guy had a triple-double. You know, I mean, he had 73 points last night. He had 28, 17, and 10. And you go... Well, the Kings did all right on Luca tonight. Yeah. Yeah. The, the guy can still carve you up. He is, the passes he makes with the attention he draws. Incredible. Magical. Jaw dropping. Yep. And so Grant Williams hurt the Kings because Luca's ability to find him. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting sometimes when I look at this Mavs team too, and I go, you know, oh, if they put different pieces around Luca, like what would it be? But I think Luca's style is, is also so unique because he is a playmaker yeah. and he does draw so much attention and he, his ability to score at the rim in the mid range from beyond the arc is incredible. But there, I just feel like if he were to clean up the attitude of his game, and not complain because there oh, was even, yes. and I only say this to you because I remember there was moments of him complaining and then pointing down to his teammates going, you pick him up, you pick him up. And then Herter hits a three. It was like, he was supposed to be on Herter and Herter hit a transition three, whatever it may be. And I'm only saying this right now because I'm thinking about like, yeah, why, why is it when he still has a triple double game like tonight? And then someone like Grant Williams steps up the way that he did. It felt like the Kings were truly in control so much of this game. But I, I really think that the Kings did such a great job defensively. Like yeah. we keep talking about with their rotations for the most part, um, guys and especially special players like Luca are still going to get theirs on some of the best defenses out there. And also Kyo followed up saying good plan to start, but you have to adapt when Grant's going crazy. Here's where I disagree. You don't, you, you, you keep doing what they did. Got them a 23 point lead because they were playing a certain way. What hurt them was we just talked about in the fourth quarter was playing the offense that they did. And then you're in cross matches. When you turn the ball over, it's a nightmare because then you're, you're not, defending how you were before and that puts your defense in such a vulnerable position so much talk about the defense 
is like, oh man, we got broken down. There were some breakdowns, but I think the offense hurt them more, and that led to some bad defensive plays. That's true. Make Grant Williams beat you. I don't give a shit. Go ahead, Grant Williams. Keep shooting. I'm not letting 77 beat me because I know I know he can. And it will be even more deflating yep. than Grant Williams beating you. But I understand what you're saying, KO, because I even look back at that Orlando Magic game where the Orlando Magic are one of the worst three-point shooting teams. And what did they do against the Sacramento Kings? They had a, a franchise record three-point shooting game against the Sacramento Kings. And I kept going, why wouldn't you adjust Mm -hmm. in that second half? Um, Because they were one of the best teams at scoring in the paint that Mike Brown was like, no, you're going to beat me from beyond the arc. I'm not going to let you beat me in the paint. Like that was, that was his thought process in this. And I think in this as well, it was like, no, no, no. Grant Williams beat me with your seven threes. I'm not letting Luca be the one that's going to deflate yep. us, get the crowd going and get everyone in it. Uh, also in the chat, someone was mentioning, I said lackadaisical. They said, it's not lackadaisical. No, believe it or not, I think it's a common thing that, that people mess up. I mess up. I, I, now I, I always double tonight. check and uh, let's go to the pronunciation. Lackadaisical. Lackadaisical, everybody. Deuce Mason. Uh, it's a common thing. I heard Coach Brown say lackadaisical. I've heard Morgan Reagan say lackadaisical. Deuce and I got uh, in a fight about it one time because I was like, it's, I was like, I said, that's fine. He goes, Morgan, I'm just letting you know it's lackadaisical. And I said, that's fine. I, what? Just, just to be clear, that Morgan's. Did I say it wrong? How, how, no, but just how you're going about this. I was like, oh, Morgan, by the way. I, I heard you. You were saying lackadaisical. You were nice. Uh, it's actually lackadaisical. And you, I mean, it's, no, no, no. It doesn't His matter. His approach I'm was like, nice, well. but what I said was, I said it's one of those words where like people say Nordstrom's. It's Nordstrom. It's not that's Macoonies. A it's Macoonies. That's a brand. Okay, my point is, even with brands or some words like lackadaisical, <laughs> like I want to say, I was like, people say it like whatever, and he goes, mm, you might as well get it right, and that's like the journalism guy in you and I, yeah i didn't graduate with honors like sorry that's a good point i'm glad you mentioned i graduate with honors such a bitch uh, you notice this no i said such a bitch i said did you notice this oh. <laughs> no. just my haircut not big deal oh my god uh morgan we still have to get to our moment of the game in just a second but I want to hear some Kings locker room stuff. We haven't heard anything. Please. And I just looked and uh, Keegan Murray talked about the differences between guarding two greats and Steph and Luka Doncic. Here's what he had to say. And going from, you know, game one of this road trip where you're primarily defending Steph Curry, much smaller guard, different speed, different game altogether. Obviously a three-point shooter to going to guarding Luca, size, strength, slower game, things don't fluster him much. What's the difference in terms of how you approach it individually from a defensive standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's similarities. Um, they're both going to get a lot of screens set for them. Um, with Steph, it's a lot of pin downs, um, a lot of flares. Um, he slips a lot, so um, just being mindful of that. And with Luca, it's a lot of pick and rolls. It's um, not as many pin downs, but he uses his body really well. Um, and obviously they're two of the better better players in this league. So uh, just trying to stay locked in as, as much as possible um, on both of them is, is just kind of my goal. Just calm, just calm, just kind of my goal. Uh, De'Aaron was talked about uh, what they were trying to do against Luka tonight. 
you guys to see the game that Luca had last night. What was the conversation among you guys about that? Uh, you know, about well, uh, I said, Keegan, don't let him get 70 tonight. But, uh, I mean, he's a, he's a difficult player to guard, obviously. Um, but, I mean, he's the focal point of, of the, he's the entire focal point of their offense, obviously, especially with, with Kai out. Um, I mean, I think the way that he scored the ball, I think we did a good job, but um, we have to be able to try to keep him off the free throw line, and obviously he's going to continue to create for others. You can't, you can't stop him from both scoring and creating for others. There's something, there's something that you have to give up, and um, the way that he scored tonight, the way they shot the ball, I think we made it difficult for him. What's it like when you watch a guy score 73 points knowing that you're going to have to guard him primarily the next day? Uh, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Um, <laughs> Just to be able to kind of have that challenge um, and have that goal. Um, I mean, Fox was joking to me, just don't let him put 70 on your head tonight. So, um, I mean, it was my goal to keep him under 70, and um, I think I think we did that well. So, <laughs> I love Keegan, man. Um, it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting, you know. Like, it's just really cool to like go out there and just like do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I think. It's so true, like, talking about Luca's ability to just hurt you. You, you can't take away everything. And it you know, it just made life a little easier tonight when you didn't have Kyrie. He's, you know, he's been out, and he's missed some time. He's had some bad injury luck this year. makes it a little easier to make those decisions because when they got Kyrie and Luca, you got two guys that yep. are just nightmares, yep. and they can make you pay. And tonight, you're like, well, let's we can do this. This is a, the right game plan. So big ups to the Kings for sticking to the game plan making sure that they were bumping and being physical. And that's, that's I think, the big reason. When you could turn Luca more into a distributor, that's where I like it because that means he's exerting more. You know, this guy still played 46 minutes. People joke all the time, like, oh, he's in bad shape, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we say that, but the guy played last night 45 minutes. He played on the second night of back-to-back 46 minutes. Like, he can be in better shape. I uh-huh. understand that. Uh-huh. But he's still, with that said, able to do this shit. Yeah. He's insane. I mean, I feel like he's he's getting to that point now yeah. where his body type, because it has, by the way, coming in this league so young, yeah. so young, like your body is going to change so much in your 20s. And if it didn't, what are you? Are you an alien? I don't know. But you look at even someone like Jokic, who, sure, you could sit there, sit back and go, he could be in better shape. But if he's doing what he's doing with that body type, like, okay, be you, continue you. Now, if there are times when your game takes a turn, then that is where people are going to go first, is optics, image, all those things. The one thing that I was looking at uh, tonight with Sacramento and how they defended Luca, the one area where I'm like, oh, I didn't like, is when they put Davion in in that first quarter and they had Davion on yep. Luca. And I'm like, that's just, I don't want that. And I don't know if they're trying to bait them into like, I, I don't know what they were trying to do with that. I think they wanted match. him being scrappy and just being like handsy. And, but guess it's what? It's just not a good matchup. The they, guy's six, but seven. But they went away from it. They, they went did. Away. They did. And then, then Davion was on uh, Tim Hardaway. And I thought there were some challenging matchups. Davion didn't have a great game tonight. And, and the bench really, the best as a whole didn't... did not. I thought Malik Monk still had some good moments where he provided a spark with, uh, you know, he 
Sabonis in the pick and roll game, throwing lobs to McGee. He had nine points. He only played. He played only. 19 minutes tonight. He had six assists, a couple of bad turnovers in the fourth quarter, back-to-back turnovers. Those back, were those in the fourth? Yeah, that was in the fourth quarter during Damn. that. I, I'm pretty sure. That I thought it. they were in the third leading right. into the fourth because I, I remember saying it. This, this is what happens when you watch a game out of order. We watched the fourth quarter first and went back and watched quarters one through three, and now you're right. It's like, did Monk actually have those then? I don't know. Let's. I think they were in the third. I think they were toward the end of the, Oh, you could be right. I don't know. Either way. Either way, yeah. Yeah. A couple of turnovers were like, oh, that kind of hurt. Um, yeah. but yeah. You know, it's um my memory sucks anyway, so don't ever trust me. Nine points for Malik Monk tonight. Um JaVel McGee, he ended up being the other big off the bench uh for Sacramento. Six points for him. Trey Lyle's got some minutes. And you know what? I know Kessler Edwards only played like 40 seconds. He came in at like the end of a quarter, if I'm not mistaken. End of the third. One of those quarters. Came in. Played some good defense on Luca. He did. Yeah, his long uh, arms. His. I energy. think it surprised Luca. Luca's like, "Who's this clown coming in to try to check like, me a little bit?" I got one job. Yeah, and it's to stop you. Yeah. Good win tonight for the Sacramento. I agree. Kings. I agree. Uh, shout to everyone hanging out with us late on a Saturday night. Hit the thumbs up and subscribe. We'd appreciate it. Uh, appreciate those also participating in the poll question. Ooh. Tonight's poll question: Are the Kings back? Yes, Beam Team or. I need to see more consistency oh. or not buying it. Ooh. Where do you weigh in on that? Um, Between yes, beam team and, and need more consistency between those two. Because here's the thing. What three game winning streak, three game winning streak. We've awesome. seen. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the, eh, I need to see more consistency. That's fine. Because, but there's, we're seeing more and more glimpses of it, but I'm big on like, okay, do this for a stretch. This road trip has a lot of winnable games. Okay. And they, they're two and all on the road trip so far with for Memphis sure. coming up. For sure. I, I, I think I go back to some of those losses, like we were talking about against the Bucks, against the Suns yeah, yeah. and the type of play we were seeing in those games. It's like disappointing because they're both heartbreaking freaking losses in those but at the same time there was a lot of good basketball being played by these guys and uh yeah I don't know I just I feel confident with where they can go and where they can continue to go and so yeah I'm excited for what they have going on I I, too. I, I, I think a lot of people and I don't blame people for doing this but after some of those heartbreaking losses, it feels like it's the end of the world. And it feels like no way did they lose in that fashion. Oh, my God. Are, is this the team that they are? But how many times have we talked about how hard it is to win in the NBA? And they're on a three-game winning streak. And um, they've played some really good basketball within these three games. And, oh, that's what I was going to say. And in some of those losses, there was some good team basketball being played, even when De'Aaron right. wasn't playing his best basketball. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, someone in the chat was mentioning Malik Monk's free throw shooting. Uh, Emiliano saying Monk's missed free throws are question mark. Homie is seeing the ghost of Nick Anderson free throw bricks at the stripe lately. Um, he was five of seven tonight. Missed those too late. Five of seven. He did not take any free throws against the Warriors. He was five of five against the Hawks after that one of six game against the Pacers. He had a six of ten game against the Bucks. Uh, this month, Malik Monk shooting 70% from the free throw line. It's kind of weird. 
Uh, hmm. j- and just for context, uh, in the month of December, he shot a hundred percent. Oh my god! So a hundred and eighty-eight point six in November. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'll be fine. I think it'll be all right. I'm not chirping about it yet. If this continued on for a long time, yeah, okay, maybe we'd be a little worried about it. Here's a question for the chat and for Morgan Reagan. Yeah. One of our favorite questions of the night. Who is the player of the game? Okay. And the moment of the nights. Mm. Let's start with player of the game. The rock and soul player of the game. Because I want some rock and soul tomorrow. I think there are good candidates. I think the one obvious is De'Aaron Fox. That was my obvious. Keegan Murray might deserve some love, but who do you guys go with in the chat? I have the answer. I have the official winner wow. of it, but I want to hear your guys' perspective before we move on. Um, I am going to go with... Is it Keegan for his awesome defense tonight on Luka? I could go in that direction, but I'm going to go with Fox because I think De'Aaron Fox uh, having such a strong game and it ultimately leading to... A W as well. And it wasn't like, oh, he just stepped up in the fourth. Or he he set the tone right from the start, offensively, defensively. I just dominant performance from De'Aaron Fox. That's my player of the game. Rock and soul player of the game. Okay. A lot of people mentioning De'Aaron Fox. Let's see. Hey! De'Aaron Fox. Like I'm right. 34 points. He did on 13 of 24 shooting. He was 7 of 8 at the free throw line. Mm -mm -mm. He had 18 points in the paint tonight for the Sacramento Kings. 18 of his 34 points at the paint, in the paint. Darren Fox, the rock and soul diner player of the game. Uh, go to Rock and Soul Diner in Sacramento. It's an awesome place to go. They've got deals during Kings games. So if you go there during a Kings game and you mention the Deuce and Mo podcast during a Kings game, you're getting hooked up. You're getting 25% off appetizers, 25% off drinks all throughout any Kings game throughout this season. And then, but this was it. Wait, is tonight Saturday? Saturday. Oh, yeah. So right now, which we already told a lot of people, they are open late, and yeah, I think yeah. they're still open. But um, you can get 50% off your entire bill. But I that, may have to make a Sunday morning. That's what I was saying. Let's yeah. go to Rock and Soul tomorrow. I'm down to go Rock hey. and Soul. Yeah, but De'Aaron Fox bouncing back. De'Aaron, the last couple of games, has looked like himself again. He, he's looked awesome. He's playing. Agreed. At all three levels, attacking, playing defense, playing with physicality. That turnaround. Mitty, he's got someone in the chat. I think Manny mentioned her earlier. Yeah, it is disgusting. Yep. And so, yeah, he, he looks more and more like himself again. And what do you know when he starts looking like himself against the Warriors and against the Mavs? What's that look like? A 34-point game and a 29-point game. So back to kind of what we saw earlier in the season from De'Aaron Fox, averaging like 30-plus a night. Absolutely. And it's not even just about what you're seeing with his – you know, points, right, at, at, at the end of these games. I think it's truly with um, his leadership that's shining through his actions on the floor, and that is with his effort on the defensive end and his dominance on the offensive end, pushing through, being that guy that you're like, oh, we can rely on you. We're still going to run through our stuff, run our actions, make sure that we're moving without the basketball, but we also trust you. They don't just sit there and stare and watch him do what he needs to do, but they trust that he's going to do whatever 
the team needs. Well, 34 points, 37 minutes. He's a rock and soul player of the game. Some of the other starters tonight mentioned HB's numbers. He did play 38 minutes. Keegan played 39. Sabonis played 36. Herter played 30. So good stuff for the Sacramento Kings. Winners of three in a row. Now, our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. Okay, this one's a little tougher tonight. I feel like here are my, one. my two moments. I got one. You say yours, and I get. I bet it's the same as mine. Keegan Murray block on Luca. Blocks on Luca. But yes. I was going with the first block because that first block I was like yes. That's what I said yes. Okay. <laughs> the next one, the De'Aaron dunk in the first. Oh my shit! Yes, put it on the list. Our Sharif Jewelers moments. Of the game. I mean, I think it's obvious, right? I mean, yes. the, the way Fox yes, yes, pushed, yes. went right, brought it back, left, dunked it with authority. I loved once. Fox had a, a shot tonight where he, like, kind of fell toward the King's bench, and he was all yelling at the bench. I'm like, this is the vibes I'm talking. I, I need these vibes. Oh, I'm so happy right now. I'm so happy because. You know what? It's fun. You know, even though they, the fourth quarter was, eh. That's so okay. fun to talk about. All the moments that we're talking yep. about were just like holy shit moments. Yep. Even the block. I mean, it's not even. It's not even to say like, oh my god, the most <laughs> epic block in the world or the most epic dunk I've ever seen. But it was within that moment of just feeling the power and the dominance from this Kings team tonight. I needed to feel that. We got forty-four moments in the Sharif Jewelers moment jar. You know, should we have say that again? The Sharif Jewelers moment jar. Oh, good job. Should we have them put like a custom made like, was, jewelry? <laughs> honestly, what if we had them put real emeralds? <laughs> Too small. Why are you guys like lose all your money? Oh, we we had Sharif Jewelers yeah, put uh, diamonds in on the entire lid of this jar. Oh man. Um, or we can get fake diamonds. Someone in the chat was asking if we could show the dunk. You know, I, I may be able to dig it up real fast and we won't get Ooh. dinged because it'll just be playing in the background off Twitter. I can see if we can get it. Um, let's mute it, right? Okay. Yep, yep. This is where I'm being nice on a Saturday night. There's so many fun plays. Let's see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go, here we go. I'll make it small. Here we go. Oh, my God, right, left! That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Even the King's Bench is like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Time. Yeah. Push it down. Hey, the Tim floor. Hardaway, I'll go right, back, left. Ah! It's the way, though, with the cross that yep. he pushes. It's like a push dribble crossover into the middle of the lane yep. to just go, bop! That was nice. Beautiful. Thank stuff. you, Darren. Uh, let's give some love to some super chats tonight. Mm. We always appreciate the super chats. I all the chatters, but we got to give some love to Ian. Ian donated a couple of times, including five bucks. How can we trade Barnes when he actually hits his free throws? Uh, yeah. Did Harrison Barnes hit his free throws tonight? No. Uh, he's four or five at the line. Barnes has been really good lately. Geeky Nana donates five bucks. Thank you. Tiffany donates two ninety nine. Appreciate it. Ian says, I'm going with lackadaisical now, just out of spite. Yes. Appreciate, Appreciate all of you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for your donations. Next up, Morgan Reagan. Yeah. Sacramento Kings road trip continues. They take on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, by the way, I know what you're thinking. Oh, John Morant, they suck. He's gone. King's. Clap that ass, as you would say, nope, on New Year's Eve. Weirdly. Well, believe it or not, 
They've won three in a row. Oh, both teams have won three in a row. The rap they beat the Raptors in okay. Toronto at Miami, 105-96. And then Friday, they beat Orlando 107-106. And I was looking over the last 13 games. During that span, Morgan, the Memphis Grizzlies are eight and five over the last 13 games. And over that stretch where they're, you know, three games above 500, they rank fifth in the NBA in defensive rating. We should dive a little deeper into like looking at the last three games just to see uh, from a player standpoint what they're doing because I think they have got guys who are stepping up without, you know, Obviously, John ja Morant's mm-hmm. out. Of course, we know Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, all that goes on. Marcus Smart. Uh, yeah, so during that stretch, how about this? Vince Williams Jr., a name that he's the guy that's been getting more men's from this year. During that stretch, averaging 18 points a game for them to go along with six rebounds, three assists. He's tough, plays defense. Jaron Jackson Jr. playing some good ball right now. 24 points a game, six rebounds, three assists uh, in those last three games. Luke Kennard. Averaging 17 a game. Uh, the reality, though, is this is obviously a game, if you're Sacramento, you take care of business. They're really shorthanded. I'm just saying don't, like, overlook them. And they're going to be on a second night of a back-to-back? Now, another break for the Kings. So for the third game in a row, huh. for the third game in a row, they get a team on the second night of a back-to-back. They had the Warriors, who had played the Hawks on the previous uh-huh. night. They had, tonight, the Mavericks, who played the Hawks on the previous t- night. And... They will get the Memphis Grizzlies, who the night before will be in Indiana to take on the Pacers. Not the night before, the day before. 12.30 game because it is a Night Sunday. before, day before. Just, it's so, it yeah. is, okay. it is. But the day before. You're it's right. It's a back-to-back. Right. You're right. It's I a back-to-back. Know. So, anyway, they another chance. whole night to sleep. And you look at the, the Kings schedule coming up here. They've got Memphis coming up on Monday. One other thing we should note about that. That's a deuce and moe. Pre and post game on NBC Sports California. So if you're watching, if you watch on League Pass, make sure you select the Kings so you see pre and post or whatever. At halftime, you'll see us on that. If you watch locally, NBC Sports California will be on pre and post game for that game. Come hang out. Can't wait for that. And then we'll have night chat later on that night. Uh, And then the Kings continue their road trip Wednesday when they take on the Miami Heat. And you got the Pacers Friday, the Bulls Saturday, the Cavs on Monday. Okay. What a trip. Winnable games. What if they came back 7-0? What, just what if? I'm not saying they're going no, to. What stop. if? What if? What would you do? Do what you need to do. I'm not doing this. And then they come home for uh, the Pistons. You can talk about it. Oh, my, the Kings have won nine in a row. The NBA is losing their mind. Can you believe it? Just kidding. You see how many games in a row the Miami Heat have lost now? How many? I'll tell you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know about how many? I think it's around six in a row now. Damn. The Miami Damn. Heat have lost six in a row after losing to the Knicks today. They're now 24 and 22. Miami is in the classic part of their season where they go, uh, you, where all the NBA fans get suckered into. They just don't. They're not good enough this year. Even with the Rogier trade, you just don't buy them. They're not good enough. No. You know what this is? This is the part of the season where Jimmy Butler doesn't care that much. And they're just tricking you. And <laughs> Don't buy like... <laughs> it. Don't buy it. It's a part of the year where Jimmy's like just doing his thing, whatever. No, they're going to be fine. They'll be in the plan. They'll yeah. be, I mean, if they're not in the top six, they'll be in the plan. Yeah. And then they'll figure out how to get to the NBA finals. Exactly. And it'll be irritating. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, look at the NBA standings, Morgan. Yeah. Ooh, the Kings were like dropped out pretty low, right? Oh. They are back up to fifth. Wow. In the Western Conference. That was quick. This is insane when you look at what's happening at the in the top four. So OKC is the number one seed right now. Okay. OKC is number one. They are thirty two and thirteen. How about the Kings? They uh have beat them twice. I this always year. think about that. Love they beat it. them twice this year. Once without De'Aaron Fox. Uh, so they're the number one seed at the moment. Minnesota is a half game behind them for the number two. The Clippers are one and a half back at number three. Nuggets are fourth. They're one game out of first place. So the top four looks like it's going to be tough to, to grab at this point of the season. Whatever. Right? But, I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Uh, the Kings are now ahead of the Suns uh, by a half game. The Pelicans are one game back of Sacramento. In the seventh spot, Dallas. This was that's why tonight was kind of a swing game, though. Interesting. Because now the Kings are two games ahead of Dallas, and yeah. I know we still have third, you know, thirty-seven games to go. It's not that big of a deal, but the Kings took a two-zero series lead. The Lakers won tonight. They're chilling in the ninth spot. They are three games out of the top six. Utah. Don't sleep on the Utah Jazz. They won seven of ten. They are three games out in the ten spot. The Rockets are twenty-one and twenty-four. The Warriors are nineteen and twenty-four. Wow, that one's fun. Crazy shit. I love crazy just that one shit. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Ugh. All right. Uh, Such a vibe. Morgan Reagan. Yes. What else do did we miss tonight? Is there anything else we need to talk about? I did have one other thing on top of my mind yeah proceed scoring in the nba what about it individual or team both okay this week we saw Embiid have his monster 70 point game yes cat had 60 what two 62 like and that. lost to the hornets lost lost devin booker last night had 62 oh, great and point. lost to the pacers Oof. let's also note that devin booker had a 70 point game and lost to the celtics so kind of weird yep and then you had luca score 73 last night then you're just seeing just outrageous scoring, right? I mean, it seems like I didn't even look at the at the scoreboard tonight, but we might as well bring it up since we're here. Um, I don't think it's that, actually wild. tonight wasn't that wild tonight. The, besides the Lakers OT. Warriors game that was one forty five one forty four, Sacramento's one twenty one fifteen, Utah beat Charlotte one thirty four to one twenty two. Uh, scoring is crazy, but uh, Milwaukee beat Whoa. the Pelicans one forty one to one seventeen. The Spurs beat Minnesota tonight? Are you kidding By me? By a point. Victor Wembenyama had 23 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, 2 steals. Vasella, 25. Cat, what did you do tonight? 19 and 5? Okay. Uh, anyway, my whole point to this, let's start with the individual stuff. Are, are, I've seen fans talk about this too, other pundits. Are, have we reached a point where the scoring is like too absurd now? Um, I think, yes... This league has more talent than ever. Okay. But I think the rules really punish the defense. I think it's so hard to be a defender in this league. I think that's why you were seeing this these outrageous numbers. I, you know, I've seen some people, Stephen A was talking about today. He's like, that Hawks defense against Luka was a joke. It was a joke for parts of it. But in the second half, late third quarter into the fourth, they were blitzing the hell out of him. I sh- think Quinn Schneider should have done that. I don't know. In the first quarter, double mm-hmm. throwing throwing him some different looks. I guess my point is it's weird to see all these 70, 60 point games. It's happening all the sure. time. 
Is that a good thing? Does the league need to kind of like, all right, the scoring thing was fun. Do we need to pull this back a little bit so it's not this crazy? JJ Reddick would disagree with you, I think, with the point of uh, how you said the league has leaned into, you know, making it easier for the offense, harder on the defense, right? Okay. Here's what, let me back up. Okay. Full context. The spacing in today's NBA is ridiculous. Okay. And that's a credit to the players. The Absolutely. Shooting, the range. Know, when you watch in the 90s, I mean, this was, we were packing the paint. Let's get some post-ups. Not a lot of threes. Today, we're seeing Steph Curry. I mean, not just Steph Curry. Uh, guys are setting screens for players right across midcourt. <laughs> and you've got shooting. 30-footers. You're, you're having five-out offenses. You know, you're, you're having someone like Joel Embiid who could stretch the floor. Yoke, I mean, it's crazy. Uh-huh. The, the skill level nowadays. I think that's part of it. Sure. But I also do think because of that, it, it's so challenging for defensive players. You know, and if there's any, you see some of the contact and you're well, like, I don't know what you can do. Another thing is on closeouts. I think with all the shooting, the, the, the closeout situation is really tough for players. It's like you need to close out on these guys and run them off the line. But if you close out too hard, you don't want to land in their landing zone. And now these players are more creative than ever extending their legs out. And they, they trick these officials sometimes. Oh, it's not the natural motion. There's some do. obvious ones. But they trick them. Yeah. They manipulate the call. And for some, it's a strategy because, I mean, they're relying on a new part of their game, whether they're aging, whether they're just trying. That's just the way that they play the game, whatever. But I also think about some of the physical contact. And I... I personally think there are these biases when it comes to some of these star players. In That's this always been the case. Though. And that has, that has. But when I, when I just talk about physical contact, the effing game of basketball is physical. Yeah. It's physical. And that's what I'm saying. So when it's a, when it's, Something physical happens, and it's a foul because we're protecting a, a Giannis, a Steph, a Luca, whoever it is. Bullshit. Let them play basketball. Let them be physical. Let them do all the shit. But it's also manipulated by the offensive player at times. What's wild to me, though, is we talk about this every year during the playoffs. And we, I think, noticed oh, it even more last oh. year because the Kings were in the playoffs. The difference, when you, when you put... A regular season game yep. on a random Tuesday night, pick a game, and compare it to a playoff game. Night and day. It, it is different. Night you know? and day. And you could say, well, the players are trying. Or No, no, no. I, I just think. It's officiated they, different. They let it go a little Correct. bit. Right. And I'm not saying that every game is going to have like playoff level intensity, but I think the whistle. Let it be a little more controlled. I agree. Bit. I agree. Uh, but because it's, it's a physical game. And the de- defenders are the ones that get screwed in this. And that's my whole point is these players are more skilled than ever. And we allow less and, contact yes. than ever. It's so if you allow and, less contact and these players have more skill because they're able to pull up from the logo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also you've got these got Victor Wembanyama can put the ball on the floor. Chet can put the ball on the floor. You could see and be like, there's these guys, these players are freaks. 
they're so unbelievably skilled and we don't allow these defenders the ability to play basketball play the right way and bump them a little yes. bit. I'm not asking like, oh, bring back the bad boy pistons, throw them down, Dude. I want fights. No, I want to I want to bump a guy and, and deal with it. There are so many times when, especially watching playoff basketball, when you watch people that are physical with one another and you go, yes, they're doing this because they worked on their strength and they are a strong player. Not because they're not moving their feet the right way, but because they're using their chest and they're using their muscle and the strength and something that they, that becomes their skill set, Right. And I think sometimes that is viewed as a foul and it's, Oh, it's deemed a foul because of this, this, or this. And I think you're exactly right. I think if there was a, this space for defenders to be able to play physical and not be afraid of fouling. It's not just these shooters. I think a lot of people view this as like, oh, well, you, you, you know, you want to protect the shooter and not getting in their space and all these things. It's not just that. It's guys going up to the basket and then being a star player and being able to just manipulate yeah. the call because they got touched. Getting touched in a physical game is not a foul. Now, if it completely alters an entire shot, a yeah. play, whatever it does, I can completely and, and understand. To be honest, it. that's why there are times tonight I kind of liked how they officiated it. They allowed some physicality tonight. The I only agree. thing I, I thought they were bad with the ticky tack shit, but with the physical stuff, I was like, you know what, dude? They're Keegan is bumping. Luca, right now, and there's some officials who'd blow the whistle. Fox was getting banged around a lot. Sabonis too, and they're not giving them a ton. And I'm, I'm honestly fine with that. I just need consistency. What did you think of when Sabonis bumped Luca? It was, the, it was in the fourth quarter at the end of the game, three point shot, and Luca did that whole thing. That was bullshit. That's I not, agree. It's not a natural I move. I agree. Like, yeah, and there was three free throws. You, and that one, to me, is a missed call. I mean, I don't know if it's truly a missed call, but Deuce Mason, amateur referee here. Luca, like, leaning into Sabonis like that, I'm going, that's on the floor. Uh, side out. We're not We're not giving you three free throws for that bullshit. Like, th that's how you mitigate those. Interesting. Like, there was okay. some contact. I'll give it that you're trying to draw something, but, like, side out. Like, that. you, you still get a foul call on Sabonis, but you're not getting three free throws off that, in, especially in that situation. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. Now, what do you feel about defensive three seconds? Well, I mean, I... I yeah, I don't want guys just camping in the the paint all the time, but I think it's they it's so inconsistent on the other end. What, how many times I see guys on the offensive end be in the paint for twenty seconds and not called? You know, so it, to me, it's just consistency. Okay, um, yeah. what do you think about? No, I'm kidding. You got any final thoughts, Morgan Reagan? Um, final thoughts. Offense is sexy. It looks back, baby. It's so fun. It is so fun. But, I mean, if you're in Sacramento and you see how excited Kings fans get over a great defensive possession, mm -hmm. a great defensive play, defense can be just as sexy. Let the players play. Let them play. Let them play. Uh, my final thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm enjoying watching this team recently. Oh, look at you. 
I enjoyed him against the Bucks, and then the end was bad. Yes. I enjoyed him against the Suns until the collapse. In the last couple of games, I've enjoyed them. And I think I probably had a similar final thought last game after the Warriors game. But my point is, it. We we've had wins this year where I'm like they won, but it was hey, take the win. It's nice, but it just they it wasn't as fun. I'm having fun again. Coaster. I'm having fun again, baby. I'm gonna have coaster. fun tomorrow too. The other thing I did a good job of, and I don't even want to say it actually. Um, I'm gonna say at the very end. I'm gonna close the chat. Okay. But um, I'm super excited for tomorrow. No game. You got the AFC NFC Championship game. Cool. Excited to see those. And um, I'm excited to watch the Royal Rumble. And I have avoided who won the Royal Rumble at the moment. So please, and honestly, if you did in the chat, I would ban you for life. Uh, Deuce just hid the chat. So if you're going to say anything else, we're not going to see it. I don't see it. So don't tweet me. Don't say anything. I have somehow avoided who has won the men's Royal Rumble. You never do this. I don't know how I did it. I don't know how I did it. And so I'm going to catch up on that probably tonight. I'm happy for you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys so much for being with us as always. Make sure you hit the thumbs up and subscribe if you're on YouTube and drop us comments after the show. Talk about the game. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. If we missed anything, let us know. We appreciate you guys so much. We love you, but we gots to go. Happy Saturday night, everyone. See you Monday. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo, they tell you what they know. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Deuce and Mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.